0: I won't blow everybody out of the water. Um, Welcome home. It's good to be back. Good to see everybody here. Spread out. Looks like there's a lot more people here when you spread out like this. So everybody back there in that corner. Everybody spread out now. Um, I'm I'm glad we was able to come back here. We're we're still going to play it safe. I promise you, we're going to play this as safe as we can. Um, And just bear with us. We we just don't know. We just don't know what's going to take place and so we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this. We'll keep having our services here at eleven as long as we can, uh, and just uh, we're just gonna make good sound decisions uh, for the church, for y'all's safety, and 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 um, uh, for your health as well. I got a couple three um, things to read for you real fast. Um, the very first one here is a thank you card, and it says an appreciation of the love, support given, and blessings received in our time of need. Thank you, Greg and Lori Rouse. This is for Miss Betty. Uh, when she passed away a couple months ago, so we'll, we'll pin that up. Um, and this here is, um, I, didn't remember, I should have read this before when you give it to me. Um, oh, this is for uh, Elijah Carpenter. This is his uh, graduation um, from Avery. Boy, that's a good-looking picture here. We're going to post this up. Congratulations. Have y'all graduated? When do you actually do your thing? Friday, all right. We're going to pin this up, and then uh, there's a graduation party for Ariel here uh, next Saturday from 5 to 7. It's a walk-in type party. Just come and go as you please. James said he's fixed enough food for 17,000 people. Is that right? He's put his headphones on. That is awful. He's ignored me. I'm talking about you, and you've got your headphones (laughs) on. (laughs) Uh, Said you'd fix enough food for 17,000-ish people. All right, so Ariel's invited the church to be there with, uh, with her and the rest of the family. All right, we, uh, we're going to be over in Second Timothy 2 today um, and see where Lord leads us there. And it's not, I know tomorrow's Memorial Day and uh, everybody should have a day off, a day of rest. Um, I think some of you have had a couple months of rest here the past uh, few months. But we're going to be in uh, Second Timothy and it's not going to be the, the typical Memorial Day uh, message that you probably expected, and it's it's going to be a message of encouragement for each one of us because um, I think we need it. We we tend to um, we tend to get in ruts as Christians. I think we tend to uh, like right now. I think a lot of people are still discouraged with what's going on, but we can't be. I mean, look at look at what the Lord gave us today. What a, you couldn't ask for a better day than what He's given us right now to have. The window's open, the door's open, and for us to have church. And we're, we have church today, and I'm, I'm tickled to death with that. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy. I'm going to try to encourage you today with some words from Paul. Uh, and we're going to talk about giving God our all. Because I, th- I think, like I said, we get in a rut and we tend to hoard things back from God. And today we're going to look at giving God our all. But I have to read you this little story real fast because I, it's, it's, really, it's really good. It's, uh, for all you history nerds out there, you'll, you'll understand this one. It's about Alexander the Great, and he took a small group of soldiers uh, to a strongly fortified wall, uh, walled city. Alexander, standing outside the walls, raised his voice and demanded that the king uh, come out and see him. So when the king arrived, Alexander insisted that the king surrender the city and its inhabitants to Alexander and his little band of fighting men. The king laughed and he said, why should I surrender to you? You can't do us any harm. Alexander offered to give the king a demonstration, so he ordered his men to line up in single file and start marching. He marched them straight toward a cliff. The townspeople gathered on the wall and watched in shock as one by one Alexander's soldiers marched right off the cliff to their deaths. After ten soldiers died, Alexander ordered the rest of the men to return to his side. The townspeople and the king immediately surrendered to Alexander the Great. They realized that uh, if a few men were actually willing to die, at the command of the leader, then nothing could stop his eventual victory. So it sounds like it sounds rough, I know, and it sounds like suicide. We're not even going to talk about suicide today, but that's what it sounded like. It was almost like suicide. So this morning what we're going to look at is if you claim to be a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, if you believe in Jesus this morning, are you committed to him? Are you so committed that you would give him your life? Now, I'm not saying that, that you would uh, willingly die, which I think each one of us would as a Christian, but we would—sorry, I'll try to stay in one spot— I may run laps here after a while. Okay. Um, but as a Christian, I'm not saying that we would walk off a cliff. But as a Christian, we would, are we willing to give our all for him? These, these ten that walked off the cliff, they were willing to give their all for their leader. Are we willing to give our all for Jesus Christ? I mean, I'm serious. Give our all. I'm saying 100% everything that's deep down inside of us. Can we give it all to Jesus? Now, one of the things that comes with being a Christian is this. We may have to lay down our life. There are times in our lives where we may end up being a martyr. I don't see it here in the U.S. yet, but there are times when our missionaries have taken the approach and they have answered the call from Jesus and said, he says, go, and they go, and then they end up losing their life. Are we that committed? Now, missionaries, you know, I I talk about them because I love them so much. They're in a whole other group of Christians I hate to to split them out like that but they are because of their willingness if there is a Christian in this world that is so sold out to Jesus it would be missionaries because of what they do because they give up so much and they go and they're willing to give their life if needed are you that sold out to Jesus are you that sold out now you you men that are in here this morning I want you to think about this and you women you kind of listen this as well if you as a husband are faithful to your wife 75% of the time, does that make you a good husband? If you're faithful to your wife 75% of the time, does that make you a good husband? No, it does not. What, is, what would be required of you to be a good husband? I think about that. What, what's required of a husband or a spouse, husband or a wife, to, to be a good spouse? No less than 100%. 100%. You have to give it your all to be, that, to, be, uh, to be that committed to your spouse. You have to give 100% of yourself. Same for Jesus. No less than 100%. You have to give your all to him to please him. That's what he asks of us. He wants to be pleased by us, and we have to give him everything that we have in us, everything deep down inside of us, everything in our heart. He says, give me your all. In return, he gave us his all. He gave us his life, and he said, all I ask of you is to love me and to give me all that you can. Give me every ounce of your, your being inside of you. Just give it to me. <clears throat> but it's hard to do. How can, a, how can a, us as a Christian uh, be a good Christian? How can we be the best Christian out there? That's a hard question to answer. How can we do the best that we can? We do the best that we can. We give it all that we have, and we try our best to please him. Every morning we get up out of bed and we go to work or we go wherever we go, we got to give him our best. We need, uh, he needs to see, people need to see him in everything that we do. We, that's how we do it. We give our all, give our best to him, and when we do that, people will see him in us. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. So today we want to see what it takes to give God our all. If you got your Bible, I would love for you to stand with me because I ain't seen y'all stand in two months. Second Timothy 2, 1 through 7. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of his life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully? The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider that sorry, consider what I say, and the Lord Give the understanding in all things. Let's pray. Father, this morning, uh, Father, we just want to thank you for allowing us to actually come back into your house. God, we thank you for this beautiful weather that you've given us. God, we thank you where you have protected. Lord, we have seen your hand in so many ways over the past couple months where you have just, uh, you've been there, Lord. You've touched where we need healing. You've touched when we need encouragement. Lord, you've touched whenever we felt alone. We know that you were there. Father, we thank you for that, and I pray today as we come back into your house, Lord, and we're able to worship, uh, Lord, I pray that we can fellowship the best that we can here today, and Lord, I pray that uh, your presence be felt in each heart that's here. Uh, God, I felt you on the way here, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you for being with us over the past couple months as we've had to, uh, Lord, I had to think outside this little box that we've been in, Lord, but we've been able to, to continue to minister the best that we can, Lord, and we thank you for those opportunities and I pray, Lord, you just bless our time together today. Father, all this in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. So the first thing we'll look at this morning is if I'm going to give God my all, I will endure hardships on the way. If I'm going to give him my all, we're going to hit some rocky roads. If I'm going to give him my all... I'm not going to be on mountaintops all the time. If I'm going to give him my all, the devil is going to be on my back every single time that I turn around. If I'm going to give him my all, I'm going to endure some hardships. I will promise you that. I will promise you that. And I remember uh, a couple month and a half, from whenever me and Aaron and, and uh, Brooke met here, and uh, Aaron got down here on the altar, and he asked Jesus into his life. I, I'll never forget that. And I told him, I said, things were... You would think things were going to get better, but things will actually get worse. And I will promise you that as a Christian, when you get down on that old-fashioned altar and you ask Jesus into your life, when you get up, you've done nothing more than make the devil so mad that he's going to throw everything in his toolbox at you because he lost you. Jesus gained you, and the devil lost you, and he is so mad he's going to do everything in his power. To try to convince you that you ain't saved. He's going to do everything in his power to tear your family apart. He's going to do everything that he can to make you feel like you are worthless and useless. And every time he does that, you've got to stop and think, I'm a child of the king. You can't touch me. Be like Peter, be like Jesus, and you tell the devil, get behind me. you got no power over me. You can't hurt me because I belong to Jesus. But we're still going to endure some hardships. We are not... We are not exempt from hardships. Look at us now. Look at us now. We're in a hardship. But you know what? Jesus is still in control. You know what? He still reigns. You know what? He still loves us. That's who he is, and he's going to get us through this. Look, he's got us here today. People thought, man, we ain't going to have church for until fall or winter. No, we're going to have church in May. We're going to have church today. Look at verse 3 again. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Some people might want to serve God. That might be in their heart. I want to serve God. I want to serve God. But they go from I want to serve God, or until they go from I want to serve God, until I will serve God, they're not going to endure. They're not going to feel those hardships. You've got to go from I want to I will. That's how we feel when we get up, we get saved, and we get up, and we get on our feet, and we're like, I want to serve Jesus, and I want to serve him today. That's great. But when you take that I want and turn it into an I will, you're not going to experience the hardships that a Christian has to feel, because we do feel those. I will serve Jesus in steps the devil. I will do what the Lord says in steps of the devil. Every time you say, I will serve God in steps the devil. Because he don't want you in there. He don't want you serving God. He don't want you being a part of this family that we're in right now. He don't want that. What the devil wants is to take you back. But unfortunately, he can't have you back. Remember that? Once saved, always saved. You ain't going back. Why would you want to go back in the first place? Once saved, always saved. The devil's just going to try to make your life hard for the rest of your life. That hardship's going to come in because of him. The person who says, I want to serve God, will travel. they're going to travel comfortably down this Christian life road. This little path that we take as Christians, they're going to travel comfortably because they just want to serve God. But until they stand and they say, I will serve God, they'll not hit that hardship. Then something happens to them. When they say, I will, or I won't, I'm sorry. When they say, I want to serve God, things happen. When they say, I want to serve God, they're going to be going down this little life's road and, and things will be all, you know, sausage and gravy, it'll be perfect. And then they're going to hit a snag. They're going to hit a bump. And instead of pushing through like we're supposed to as a Christian, they're going to turn and run. Because all they've said is, I, I, I want to serve God. They've never fully committed. You don't commit to you say, I will serve God. That's the commitment. I will serve God. And so they turn and they run. If you Look at Peter. Peter's a prime example. Peter is the poster child for I want to serve God. Peter, what did he do before Pentecost? Wind blew. He ran. He did not endure. When he was in the courtyard, what did he do? Denied. Because he never said, I will serve Jesus. He said, I want to serve Jesus. But it wasn't until Pentecost, when he got through Pentecost, that's when... He went from an I will, or I'm sorry, I want to serve God kind of guy to I will serve God kind of guy. But it took Pentecost to turn him around. And then look at what he went through after that. All that he encountered, all through his preaching, all through his journeys, all the, the persecution that he went through. And look at, he was the one that was, yeah, he was crucified upside down. He was the one that they flipped up on the cross and crucified upside down. All that he went through. It's because he said, I will serve God. Things are going to change when you say, I will serve God. You may be sitting here today saying to yourself, I don't think I can endure anymore. I don't think I can take any more of this world. I don't think I can handle the devil throwing anything else at me this morning. I can't do it anymore. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm about right there with you. I can't take no much more. It's getting worse. It feels like in our lives, it's just getting worse and worse. And every time we turn around, we think, oh, man, there's going to be a little bit of a ray of sunshine tomorrow. And what's the Lord or the, the devil, he just you know, throws another cloud over it. It feels like it's just getting worse and worse. But I want to give you something right here. Paul says over 2 Corinthians 1. 1 8 says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. And listen to this. But in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that we will, he will yet deliver us. So there's your promise. No matter what we go through, Paul's telling us he's going to deliver us. He's going to bring us out of it. That's Paul saying, God ain't going to break a promise. That's Paul telling us that no matter how bad life is getting, no matter how sick you might be feeling, no matter how depressed you might be right now, Paul says he's going to get us through. It says, in whom we trust that he will deliver us. He will deliver us. And deliver us, and deliver us, and deliver us. He will always deliver us. But we've got to trust him. We've got to trust that God will deliver us. We've got to be that sold out to him, knowing that he will deliver us. We can endure any hardships that come our way, but we can only endure those hardships in God we trust. We can only endure those hardships if we trust that Jesus will get us through it. That's how we're going to get through it. Number two, if I'm going to give, my, give God my all, I can't live like the rest of the world. We are not of the world. We have been separated away from this world. Look at verse 4. It says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of his life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now, a soldier can't live like a civilian. If you've known anybody that's in the military, Jerry, you've got a grandson in Marines, right? He's not like a civilian anymore, is he? He's a little different now. You're not the same. You cannot be a soldier and a civilian. You cannot be a Christian and be of the world. It's the same thing. We're different. We're trained differently. Soldiers are trained different than civilians. They're trained in combat. They're trained in in weapons. They're trained in intelligence. They're trained in, in interrogation. All these things that soldiers are trained in, we're not, are we? No. They're different. We as Christians are not like the world. We can't be like the world. We cannot be the world because the world ain't in us. The Holy Spirit's in us. We cannot be like the rest of them. A soldier has to be totally focused on their mission Amen. to be successful. If you ever meet a soldier that's been deployed or has been on a mission, you look at uh, like the Navy SEALs, you know, they, they are focused on that mission. I worked with a a guy at at Samaritan's Purse in the security department. He didn't talk a lot about what he'd done. But one of the things that he would tell you is they were focused. He had to be focused. He had to know, all right, here's my target. Nothing else matters except that target. You don't talk to family. You don't make phone calls. You don't email. You don't get on social media. You don't do squat. You focus on that target, and you cannot let the outside get in. You can't let any things that's going on in the world or in your life get in your head. You have to stay focused on that target right there. And the Christian life is the same way. The Christian has to be totally focused on Jesus. We have to have our eyes set on Jesus. We have to have our eyes set on that prize, that goal that Paul talks about. We have to be focused on him only and not what's going on around us. Y'all remember when I brought the blinders in? My great great grandpa's blinders we got to wear them sometimes so that we can't see what the world's got going on. We've got to be focused on what Jesus uh, has in store for us. 1 John 2 says, uh, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of the life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And he uh, and the world passeth, passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Love not the world. That's a that's a tough one. Love not the world. We're to love our brothers. We're not. We're supposed to love our neighbor. That's what the Bible tells us to do, and we are to do that. But we're not to love the worldly things because worldly things are usually ungodly things. We can't love the ungodly things. And we can't let the world affect the way that we serve Jesus. And it does. What did it do to us the past couple months? The worldly things have affected the way that we serve Jesus. We can't let it stop us. We've got to keep serving Jesus. No matter what pandemic we're going through, no matter what ailment or sickness is going on in the world, we have to continue to serve Jesus. We just have to think of different ways to serve Jesus. There's different ways we can serve Jesus. I'd like to know right now how many people I've heard of in the past two months that got saved because they're sitting at home on a Sunday with nothing to do and they go online and they start seeing preachers and they start hearing sermons and they start hearing Jesus and they start feeling convicted and they get saved. We probably had more salvations in the past two months because of what's going on right now than we probably have in the past several years. Because people they're stuck at home. Can't go nowhere. Can't do nothing. And what do they do when you, what do you do when you can't do nothing? If you don't take a nap, what do you do? You go get on a computer and you go try to find the end of the internet somewhere. And people do that and they get saved. That's a good thing. So the devil may have thought, Man, I can really throw a wrench in some worship going on. But as soon as we're able to actually do some fellowship, we got baptisms to do here. There's baptisms to do all over the country right now because of what's going on in the homes. We're not going to let the world affect the gospel of Jesus Christ getting spread. I'm not going to let it stop us. And it ain't going to stop us. We're not going to let the world get into us. And it's not going to stop us. Now, if a soldier is not focused on that mission, like I said a while ago, they'll get distracted. You don't want a distracted soldier. Because he might miss his mark. He might miss that opportunity to fulfill the mission. He will fail. No soldier wants to fail. Nobody wants to fail. Especially a soldier that has an important mission to do. Don't want to fail. Same with a Christian. If we take our eyes off, if we're not focused on Jesus, we're going to fail. We're going to fail in all that he has in store for us. We're going to let him down. No soldier wants to let their commander down. I as a Christian, as a soldier of the cross, I don't want to let my commander down. I don't want to let my Jesus down. So I want to stay focused on him. I'm not going to let the world take my eyes off of him. I'm not going to let the world take my eyes off the word. We can't. We're going to fail. Stay focused on the word. Number three, if I'm going to give my all to God, brace yourselves. I gotta follow his rules that's right. yeah that's right there's some rules out there we gotta follow now all you little rule breakers in here you need to listen stop it don't do that don't break his rules don't break him commandments you listen to what he has to say now have you ever heard of a cafeteria christian angie is a cafeteria christian <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me that <laughs> You just happen to be a Christian in the cafeteria. <laughs> cafeteria Christian. Those are the, the Christians out there that have the a cafeteria style uh Christian lifestyle, I guess, and they pick and choose the rules that they wanna allow. Ain't that what we do in a cafeteria? Or used to, I guess. Probably can't now. We'd go into these go into these cafeterias and you'd have this bar set up and you'd use salad bars and you dessert bars and and your chicken bars and your steak bars and you just pick and choose what you wanted. That's a cafeteria style Christian. When you pick and choose what rules you want to follow. We have a lot of cafeteria style churches in the world right now. They're picking and choosing what they're preaching. They're picking and choosing the good stuff. They, they went past the broccoli and the asparagus and they went straight to the nanner pudding. And they're preaching on the sweet stuff. They're preaching on what, we would, what, what looks like the good stuff in the Bible, and they're leaving the sin out, and they're leaving all the bad things out. That's the cafeteria-style preaching and, and, and the Christian life that's going on out there. But we have to give God our all, and we've got to take his all. The Bible plainly tells us that we are to obey all of God's commandments, and that's over Deuteronomy 11. That's Old Testament. Deuteronomy 11 says, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments. And listen, and his commandments always. I like how they threw that last word in there at the very end. It says it "says always. There's no S. Always. To the very end. I'm going to read it again because it's pretty important. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Number one. That's what we're told to do. Love the Lord. It says, then keep his charge, keep his statutes, keep his judgments, and keep his commandments always to the very end. So we can't pick and choose what we want to listen to. We can't pick and choose what commandments we want to follow. We know of ten right off the bat, but there's a whole lot more than that. Especially Jesus gives us a lot more commandments to follow. But we have those ten from the beginning that we are to follow. And we can't just pick and choose which ones we like and we don't like. God wants us to follow all of his rules. When you go to school, you kids, if you ever go back to school, what's one of the things that that you have rules? The first day you go into class, they give you rules. This is your class rules. You follow these rules. Do not break these rules. What happens when you break these rules? You're punished. Don't break God's rules. Don't break his rules. We're We're not rule breakers. Christians cannot be rule breakers. Follow God's. Number four, last one. If I'm going to give God my all, I have to realize it's going to involve hard work. Now, you probably wasn't told that, and a lot of times preachers don't talk about this. But with salvation comes hard work. And there's a little thing in there called works after salvation, and it's tough. Being a Christian is hard work. We have a lot to do. We have, a, and a, and honestly, a short time to do it. Our lifespan's not that long. It depends on when you get saved, how much time you might have to, to continue your work. But we have a lot of work to do. And let me tell you, and I was talking to Preacher Joe about this. Thanks, Preacher Joe, one of the preachers. The past couple months, past month at least, has absolutely wore, and it wasn't just me. I thought, Lord, I, I'm absolutely wore out. Uh, and you ask Mary, I'll come home now, and I can sit in my recliner. I don't budge. There, I usually study in the evenings. And there's been a couple times the past few weeks. I come home. I crash. I can't. I can't budge. I'm I'm exhausted mentally. I'm exhausted spiritually. It ain't physically exhausted. I mean, what I'm doing is physical, but it's just spiritually. I'm drained because I worry. I worry about y'all. I worry about you know the well-being of the church and y'all and things like VJ. I mean, bless heart in the hospital and can't nobody see him. Yeah, we do want to see you, VJ. Believe it or not, we care about you. You know, and you got and you got Vance down there right now in Wilkes. I was telling age nothing more would tickle me to death just to go down and just be with him right now. And, and you can't. That's wearing the preachers down right now. The fact that we can't be with y'all when you need us the most. There's hard work, so we have to think of other ways to visit, or to talk, or to see, or whatever, to to be with people. The past two months have probably been some of the hardest times that that pastors have had. Our work was hard up until two months ago, and it got a lot harder after that. Just trying to please God. It wasn't, y'all, I I hate to say that to you, we weren't trying to please y'all. We're trying to make sure that we continue to please God in all that we do. And hopefully y'all found pleasure in it as well I have even the devotions in the morning I've enjoyed that and that just to me connects with y'all a little bit more look at verse 6 it says the husbandman that laboreth must be first a partaker of the fruits you can't put the Christian life on autopilot and just sit back a lot of people get down there on that altar and they'll stand up and then they'll sit down and they think it's smooth sailing from here. I ain't got to do a thing. He's got it. He's in control. He's 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 the pilot. I'll just uh, I'll just live till I die and go on to heaven. I don't have to do nothing. That's not how God's plan works for us. When we're saved, the work begins. We become disciples, and we are to make disciples. You can't make disciples sitting on an altar. You can't make disciples sitting in a pew. You can't make disciples if you're not actually out doing things. Did Jesus, did he just sit and everybody come to him and become a disciple? No. He went out. I mean, he's pulled them off of fishing boats and, and everything, pulled them away from tax tables and everything else. We've got to get up and move. I know it's hard to do. Get up and move within six feet of each other, I guess. We've got to get up and move. Get, get out and start working. You know, Luke ten two plainly tells us the harvest is great. Man, it's awesome out there right now. The fields are ripe. But it also tells us that the laborers are few. And I mean few. Few and far between. Our church numbers across the world right now, well, across the U.S. anyway, they're falling. There's a, a yearly decrease in the number of people attending churches right now. That means the laborers are few. And that breaks my heart. There's a lot of work. A lot of work to be done out there. And we can't just leave it to the pastors or the preachers or the missionaries. That's all of us. Every single one of us. we we got work to do. Like I said, it's hard work being a Christian. We fight every day. We fight. Every day, and we struggle every day to surrender to God every morning we get up we have to fight to surrender our all to him because there's so much worldly stuff out there we get up and there's so much to do we have busy lives, and so we let the world get involved in, in our lives and and we don't surrender what's that that song I've, I've said this before when I was where was, we was in Miami or wherever Orlando remember I don't think he was there with me when that guy said that, but I surrender, I surrender all. He said he got up and he's doing devotions one morning. He he held a little song book up and he said, We sing I surrender all. He said that's the biggest lie ever sung in a church. And you know he's probably right. I surrender all. I, I surrender some. I think they were to reword it, I surrender some. We are to surrender all to God. We fight here's another thing we fight every day temptation. Every day. We are tempted by the devil to do something, say something that we shouldn't. We are tempted by the devil every day. We we see, just I mean, it's on it's online, it's on TV, you hear it on the radio, you see it out in public. There's temptations out there. Maybe you used to be a, a, an alcoholic or drink some, and you've got away from it. But there's still those temptations out there. Stay away from it. Maybe you used to be a, a smoker or used tobacco or something like that and you've got away from it. I, I've done this before, I've done it here. VJ Vijay is VJ's fault. You remember when you gave me that child backer the other day? Was it? it was Heritage Day, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. I just told on myself. <laughs> and I got to ride home with Maria now. <laughs> Stay away from it. Stay away from VJ and his backer. <laughs> we do it. Not, I didn't use to chew. I just, somebody offers to me, I'd take it. We've got to stay away from those temptations of the world because we, we get back into these temptations that we were to get away from. Let's try to stay away from. It's not easy. And it's, you know, this Christian life, it ain't for the faint of heart. First Corinthians, Paul tells us, Therefore, my, uh, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So whatever we do, whatever we do in Jesus' name, it ain't in vain. And I promise you, it won't return void. Whatever you do, in Jesus' name, hang in there. Hang in there. It says, it's not in vain in the Lord. It may not You may not receive that blessing the moment you do it. You might not receive that blessing a day or two or a week or a month or a year later. But at some point, the Lord will bless you for whatever you're doing in his name. Paul says, you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Are you committed to serving Jesus or riding the fence this morning? Are we 100% in? Are we straddling the fence? Where are we? There's no room in the world right now for fence straddlers either all in or all out all in or all out be all in be all in no matter what not folks we don't need folks to give just a little bit of their time the church the church the church of jesus christ needs people all in we need he needs people to give their all when we start giving our all, like he wants us to, we're going to start seeing growth. We're going to start seeing salvations. We're going to start seeing uh, things come out of the churches that we ain't seen in years. It's because we, we've kind of limited ourselves. We we watch the clock too much. We, we divvy up our, our days, and we're going to allot this much to Jesus and this much to family and this much to work, and this much to school and this much to whatever else. Jesus, don't, don't do that. He said, give me your all. And if we give him our all, then he's going to make time for us to do what we need to do for others. He will make time for us. I'm going to close with this. And this happened Friday. I was coming back from Johnson City. I got home. I, I, went, I think I went straight to the office. Told Marissa, I gotta go. I gotta go out the office. Lord it's I mean, just laid on my heart. ASU has a motto. And I've seen it, I've read it for years. And, and you always see it on, it's on the, the outline of the state of North Carolina, and there's a, usually a little star right on Boone, and this, this is their motto, and it says, today I give my all for App State. That's their motto, today I give my all for App State. I've seen it, and I thought, man, you could, I could work that into a sermon sometime. I know I could. Today's that day. What if we took that motto, and instead of saying, today I give my all for App State, what if the church took it and said, today I give my all for Jesus Christ? What if the church took ASU's motto, took that, nah, I ain't going to say it, we're going to take that that motto, whew, I got that close, Stop myself, took that motto and just said today I give my all for Jesus Christ, imagine that, what if we took that and we took away the state of North Carolina outline and maybe we just put a cross up there and we put a cross it Today, I give my all for Jesus Christ. What a day. What if we woke up every morning and that was our motto? Today, I give my all for Jesus Christ and stuck with it. Don't say that and then follow it up with a song of I surrender all because you just lied twice. Don't do that. I mean, actually say, I'm going to give you my all today, Jesus. Here I am. Use me. 100% yours. Here I am. Use me. What if? What if we all said it? Not just here at Chestnutdale. What if the what if the, the church got up tomorrow morning and we all said today, today I give my all for Jesus Christ. What a day it'd be. Stand with me. We're gonna close out. I'm happy to see y'all. MVJ. What a day. Glad to see everybody back, and Lord willing, what is it to say? Lord willing, the church don't rise. We'll be back here next Sunday. Be great, and y'all continue to stay clean, please, please. As long as y'all are, as <laughs> long as y'all are clean, we can, we can keep doing this. And we're gonna try to try to take it easy on the, you know, the social distancing and all that stuff. We're gonna take it easy on each other and. As much as we'd love to shake hands and hug and all that, time's coming. We'll, we'll be able to do it. But right now, let's just stay away from that for now. And at some point, we will eat. I don't know when. I don't know when. But we will eat. And we'll baptize. And we'll do communion. We've got a lot of stuff we've got to get done. But in his time, we'll get it done. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? and your mama okay, I bet he uh, I bet home misses him too and your mama Mom, Colin, you that thing anymore, so. yeah. anybody else well thank y'all for Day. very thankful I can't imagine life without it can you couldn't make it I couldn't hey, no way that, he and then oh, and she uh, somebody put the address up there too so we can send cards alright my heart's and mind's clear Jerry, will you dismiss us, please? All right, y'all have a good day.